Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. Stories of old have great meaning for us. Throwback is a series looking at the lives of biblical characters from long ago and how we still face the same challenges today. Hopefully we can learn from them, avoid some of their mistakes, and repeat some of their victories. Just as Jesus took 12 ordinary men and raised them up to be apostles who changed the world, just as Abraham had 318 trained men in his household, and just as Paul took a young man, Timothy, and raised him up to pastor the church in Ephesus. Here at Grace Life, we also believe the best model for finding ministry leaders is not hiring based on a resume, but raising up within our own family, helping each other to become all that God has called us to be. So... For these three weeks, we're giving this opportunity to some of the young men God is raising up here at Grace Life. I'm asking you to join me and extend your best support and encouragement. Let's clap for them, let's shout for them, and let's show them how much we believe in them and all that God is doing in their lives. Yeah! Woo-hoo! Come on, baby! Let's go, baby! Okay, all right. We calm down. We calm down, y'all. Thank you guys so much. I'm so excited to be here and to get to just be a part of what God is doing. Um, this is absolutely a dream come true. I'm just going to take this in for a second. Y'all look good. And y'all look good. It's something to water here in the South. But anyway, no, so yeah, this is a dream come true. I'm super excited. And I want to thank Pastor Jimmy and the elders and all the leadership team for giving me this incredible opportunity to come and share something that I feel like God has put on my heart today. Another person that I have to honor is my gorgeous wife who is sitting right here. Can we give her a round of applause? Yes, I love you. I don't get to do what I do if it's not for the sacrifices that she makes. So I love you, baby. Thank you for everything you do. And, girl, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's Christian for I got myself a good-looking wife. Um, so I'm just going to acknowledge that real quick. Hey. So anyway, yeah, so my name is Ben. I'm the uh, student director here, if you have not already found out. Uh, yeah, I'm the youth director here, and... Um, One thing uh, that you'll know about me as soon as you meet me immediately are two things. One, I'm a huge movie buff. I love movies. I could talk movies all day. I quote them all the time. The second thing is I am a massive Baltimore Ravens fan. I love my Ravens. I bleed black and purple. Seriously, everything is Raven. I bought two Super Bowl replica rings. I could show up here every day of the week in a different jersey. That's right. I got seven Ravens jerseys, and my wife supports every one of those purchases. Ain't that right, baby? <laughs> Love you, girl. Love you, girl. Okay, and I, you know, I promise I'd do this before I get started. I want to shout out. So I have some family who could not be here, um, so I want to shout them out real quick. Mom and Dad, if you're loving, if you're watching, I love you. Hold it down in Baltimore for me. I know they're watching online. I had to do that. But anyway, so yeah, so my family's from Baltimore. We love Baltimore, um, and that's why I'm a massive Ravens fan. I can remember as a kid, you know, sitting in my dad's living room and watching him watch the Ravens game and have no clue what's going on, but I love the passion that he has, and so I love the Ravens. And um, we're from inner city Baltimore, and I am from the area that you don't want to be in. It's like one of those places when you go to visit the Inner Harbor and you end up on this road, and you're like, "Mm mm-mm, baby, lock the door. Well, up the window, we got to get out of here real quick. Uh, yeah, so I'm not from the pretty area. Um, it's a lot different from where I live now. Like, my wife and I, we can, we can walk out of my house, and I can look down the street, and right now I see kids playing and sprinklers going off, and it's rainbows and butterflies, but not where I come from. Mm-mm. 
Where I come from, you look down the back alley, not the backyard, and you see these rats the size of cats fighting, and then six rats around them betting on that fight. <laughs> Seriously, I walked out, and they were like, hey, act natural, it's cool. And they just all scurried off, and I've seen it. All right, but for real, though, for real. Um, for real. <laughs> um, where I came from, everybody had super hard realities. My mom, my dad, everybody that I know had a very, very hard reality. Um, the inner city is, we've seen things that we should not have seen. I can remember as a kid, I mean, I, I've watched my brother fist fight a guy, and while they were fighting, a gun fell out of the back of his pants, and I had to kick it out of the way um, because it scared me. I was like, Psh. Anyway, so then, I mean, I've also seen things like, I, I can remember being a kid and, and walking down the street, and there being prostitutes who are, are pulling at me. And, I mean, just seeing things that you should never see. It was a very dysfunctional environment. There was a lot of dysfunction. Y'all, I'm not kidding. My mom beat up one of them prostitutes one time. Y'all, my mom was gangster. She don't play. She was like, not my baby! She don't, she don't play games. So for real, I mean, there was just a lot of dysfunction in our lives. And we've seen a lot of things that people should never see. Um, so there's a couple of things you got to know when you're from where I'm from. When you grow up in the inner city, there's two things you have to be able to do. You need to know how to fight and win that fight. And you need to be able to make money. It doesn't matter how you make that money. You just got to make that money. And so... Notice that I never said once that you had to go to school and get yourself a good education or have yourself a solid job and good insurance. Nope, none of those things. And I will say that one of the biggest things that marked my life was I hated school. It was never pushed on me. My family never valued it. I never valued it. People around me never valued it. No one cared if you were going to school. It was all about as soon as you could drop out, get up out of there. And so i got a great story. Um, I had this teacher one time. It was, it was like a shop class that I had to take. And I can remember he gave us this assignment. And we were supposed to make these mousetrap cars. Right? I'm like, what is that? I don't even want to do that. So the mousetrap car basically was like you had this mousetrap and you had to put these two CDs on the back. And there was like a something. And you tied a rope to the snapping part and you pulled it forward. And then when it snapped, it pulled itself forward. If you're confused, so was I. That's why I didn't even do it. I was like, I ain't doing this. I got other things to do, like Mortal Kombat or something. I had other things to do. So anyway, so I showed up to class. I'm like, yo, teach, I didn't do it. I'm sorry. And see, our teacher was a very graceful person. He was like, you know what? This is a very big project, and you didn't do it. I'm going to give you this packet to do. And in the time while we're all out in the hallway using these mousetrap cards, if you can do this packet and pass it, I'll give you a good grade for your, um, for your assignment. I was like, awesome, let's do it, let's do it. So there's my packet. I'm alone in the classroom. His first mistake was he left me alone in a classroom with a hot glue gun sitting right there. There was a hot glue gun. So now I have a decision to make. What is more important to me in this moment? Is it my education and getting a good grade or do something that nobody is ever going to forget? What did y'all think I did? That's right. So, but first, but first, hold up. I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to get my education. I'm going to be smart. I'm going to do this. And I look over, and there's that. It's just looking at me, and I'm looking back at it, and I look back at my packet, and I just feel this magnetic pull to this hot glue gun. Then I grab the hot glue gun, and I hear in my head, with great power comes great responsibility. I immediately blow that off. I take every single one of my teacher's dictionaries, and I glue them together. One giant dictionary. But I wasn't finished. I took his coffee mug, picked it up off his desk, poured glue on it, stuck his mug on his desk. Well, then I look over, and on the wall, there's a phone. So I walk over to the phone, and I pull it off the hook, 
pour glue down in there and hang a stone up. Then I think I'm going, okay, you know what? I did something awesome. No one was going to forget this, and I still had time to do my packet. So I go back over, but on my way over to my packet, I see this thing, and it's shining in the light, and it's got blades on it. I'm like, whoa, what is that? So I go over to that. It's got handles on it, and it chops things. So I was like, what in the world can I do with this? Well, then I look over, and there's all these really nice calculators. You know, the really good ones that had the thing that slides off, literally did everything for you? Chopped every single one of them in half. I ain't playing games. Dog life. (laughs) Anyway, so, so... The teacher comes back in. I had completely blown off that assignment, did not do it. Teacher comes back in. All my classmates come in, and I feel like I'm like, I'm good. He doesn't touch his mug. He does not touch the dictionary. She does not need no calculator. Everything is good. And now I'm just waiting for that bell to ring so I can survive and get out of here. And then I hear it, the bell ring. But it was the wrong bell. It was bring, bring. And immediately, oh, my heart fell to my stomach. Who in here has ever had that moment where you know you were busted and you were about to get in so much trouble? The rest of y'all are lying. We'll pray for y'all. <laughs> um, so so Mr. my teacher goes out. I almost said his name. I don't want to do that because he might watch someday. I love you. I'm sorry for everything that I did. So he goes, over to this, he goes over to answer this phone, and he pulls the whole thing off the wall. In a fit of anger, slams it down. He deduces the fact that I was the only one in the classroom, and I get a hefty fine, and I am suspended for destruction of property. See, there's a reason why I'm telling this story. And it's because in that moment, I did not realize that I was trading away tomorrow's blessings of an education, of being able to take care of my family, all to secure my position as the popular class clown in that moment. Now, I think a lot of us do this. So maybe for you, the whole school thing doesn't resonate with you but maybe you're trading away your ability to be in control of your body so you could drink another beer. Maybe you're trading away your health for another trip to the buffet line. Maybe you're trading away your purity because there's a girl or guy that you're going to go see this weekend. Ooh, got him. <laughs> maybe you're trading away your integrity so that you can tell a few more lies and get out of a situation that you're in right now. Maybe you're trading away a potential of a great friendship that you're not even thinking about so that you can have the hottest gossip this week at work. Well, guess what? That's what we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about not realizing that God has blessings for us in the future and we're trading those away for quick survival and answers right now. And I've got a perfect guy that I feel like I, I just relate to so much. His name is Esau. And Esau's story I really think is going to help us today with finding some answers, and we can see his life. I mean, come on, who in here believes that the Bible is still relevant today? Right? I love that about the Bible, that we can take things from then and still use them. So we're going to talk about Esau. We're going to be in Genesis 25, 19 through 27. If you don't have your Bibles, boom, it's on the screen. We did the work for you. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her. And she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Remember that. Remember that last part, that the older 
will serve the younger. A choice is going to be made that's going to fulfill this. So when the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. Oh, gosh, I pictured it. Dang it. <laughs> Told myself I would not picture that. I mean, come on. Your baby's born, and it comes out looking like a ginger wookie. <laughs> That's just wrong. I mean, seriously, your mom calls you, hey, honey, how's he doing? Oh, mom, he's great. Well, what does he look like? You know that carpet in your living room? That's him. Anyway, sorry, I got distracted. That was just an awful vision. Okay, after this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old um, when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country. While Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents, and Isaac, who had a taste for the he had a taste for game, loved Esau, but Rebecca loved Jacob. So this is why I connect so much with him, because he is coming from an environment of things that are just dysfunctional. He has a dysfunctional environment. He has got a mom who loves his brother more and his dad who loves him more than his brother, and later on we're going to find out that he's got a brother that goes behind his back and is doing all these awful things and scheming and being untrustworthy. Um, so this is why I relate to him, because I feel like because he's a product of his environment, of the dysfunctionality that he was in, this is why he may make the decision that he's about to make. Let me set the scene for you guys really quick in this next verse. We have Esau, and he's out in the woods, and he's hunting. And here's how I imagine him. Don't judge me for imagining him this way. He's got long hair. He's super muscular, and he's running around with a bow like a Legolas on steroids, just shooting down deer. If you don't know who Legolas is, we will have prayer down front at the end of the service. That is a Lord of the Rings reference. You're welcome, nerds. Anyway, so this is what's going to happen. So, so one day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that stew. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights to the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau says this oath, swears away his birthright to get this stew. Esau traded away tomorrow's blessings because he was trying to survive that moment. Esau traded away all of his blessings to survive just that moment. Here's what he traded away. He traded away his trust fund. He traded away the CEO position his father was going to give him. He was first in line for a huge fortune. But not only that, he was first in line for a blessing from God. And all in one moment, he trades it away. Here's the thing. I think that we do this too. I don't think, I know we do this. In moments of quick decision, when we're trying to survive, we're not thinking about our future and, and, and we're trading it away and we don't even realize it. And I don't think we know why. So let me help you guys with a couple of um, ideas of why I'm pretty sure we do this. Number one, we value the wrong things. We value the wrong things. Let me tell you something. I guarantee you that soup was not worth the trade. I don't care if Gordon Ramsay showed up himself and made that soup. It was not worth what he gave away. We need to start placing our values on things that have an eternal impact. We need to place our values on things that have an eternal impact. Number two, we are short-sighted. We are short-sighted. 
I can, I mean, if, if we're honest with ourselves, I think a lot of us can say that we're not even thinking about next week because we're just trying to survive today. Esau wasn't thinking about his future because all he saw was the immediate problem that he was hungry. Esau had no vision for his life. In this moment, he didn't have any vision of the future or what that meant. And I think that we need to get back to a place where we have vision for our lives. I mean, what does it say in Proverbs about people who don't have vision? I'm sorry, what was that? Mm, y'all read your Bible. Good. That's good. That's right. Without vision, the people will perish. We need to get back to a place of where we say, you know what, God, give me vision for my life. Number three, we aren't prepared. We aren't prepared for the blessing. If you guys think about when I, when I said in that verse that, that Esau was a man of the wilderness, he was a skill, he was a master hunter. Why in the world did he go into those woods not ready? He comes out, he's so hungry. He's done this before. He should have walked in with enough food and been prepared. If, if Esau is prepared, he walks out of those woods, he's not hungry, and we tell his story differently. What are you doing today to prepare yourselves for tomorrow's blessings? Are you ready for those blessings? How are you preparing yourself right now for those blessings? Look, if you want your family to never worry about money in the future, how are you being wise with it today? Be ready for the blessing when God wants to bless you. Be ready for the blessing when God wants to bless you. See, here's the thing. When, when we trade tomorrow's blessings to survive today, it's going to cost so much more than you realize. It is going to cost so much more than you realize. I have a question. Who has ever heard of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau? Nope. That's not what it is. Esau traded that away. He wasn't thinking about it, but he traded it away for a bowl of soup. It's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, the firstborn. Isaac, the firstborn. Jacob, the secondborn. What family, what household is ever known by the firstborn? That's what Esau gave up. Esau's entire lineage has been robbed because of the choices that he made. Our choices are so much bigger than ourselves. If there's one thing I can ask you guys to get away from this is that when we make decisions, it's so much bigger than ourselves. I mean, there are people who are related to Esau today who are missing out, of ble out on blessings because of the decisions that he made. Still today. And so there are these lessons that I have learned in my life. And listen, all the things that I'm saying to you guys, I am living proof that it works. If we start refocusing our vision, if we get prepared, I'm telling you guys, God has got something amazing for you. And I want to say this. Listen, I didn't learn these lessons on my own. I did not learn these lessons by myself. I had a guy in my life, and his name was Brian Zadravi. He was my youth pastor. And he was the one who helped me see the importance of all of these things. I mean, he, he was the one that made me see the value of my education, and he pushed me to continue my high school career. Look, guys, at this time, I had dropped out of high school. I didn't care about grades. I didn't, all I wanted to do was smoke weed and hang out and play video games, just being honest. That's all I cared about. I didn't want to do anything else. I was failing. He came and saw me where I was, 
made me realize the value in education. Y'all, I was the first person in my family to ever graduate high school. Not only that, I graduated on the honor roll. That was pretty cool. And so, so I want to share with you guys something kind of personal. This is what he gave me when I graduated high school. And inside, he wrote this. And I want, it's going to be up on the screen. There's a picture of it that I took. And it says, Ben, I thought you weren't supposed to graduate. Isn't that what you told me? Question mark. I guess I didn't have to say that. <laughs> kind of implied. <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to do quite a lot that surprises you. We're proud of you. Follow God and never give up. Follow God and never give up. I think that if we start valuing the right things, I think you guys are going to surprise yourselves. I think God has a whole lot more in for you than you think. And if we start placing our values in the right things, no saying what God is going to do. So not only did he help me realize how important, well, so, so I graduated high school, I, you know, I graduated on a roll, and I was like, yes, I'm done. Oh, gosh, I did it. I can just chill back. He said, nope. He said, you got to go to college, man. I was like, college? What? Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, so, you know, so I did. So I was like, okay, you know what? You're right. You know, this is, this is valuable to me. I need to go to school. I need to get my education. And so he shipped me off to Birmingham, Alabama. That takes some, I needed some serious anointing for that. I go from Baltimore City to Birmingham, Alabama. Let's talk about culture shock. Anyway, so he also helped me realize that my decisions don't just affect me. That the decisions that I was making as this young punk high schooler were setting me up for the rest of my life. Those decisions that I made, he, he was showing me that like, hey, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's obvious. Um, and I, I mean, I can remember we had this great, there was a great thing that he did one time where he was kind of showing me that my decisions are affecting other people around me. We were on a youth trip and we went to this mall. And listen, when I was younger and I was in high school, I thought I was God's gift to women. I really did. I was like, look, every girl likes me. I ain't got no problem getting girls. I can say whatever I want. And they'll be like, oh, he's cute. Um, so we're walking in this mall. So we're walking in the mall and there's this girl walks by and I said something totally inappropriate and derogatory toward her. Caught Pastor Brian's ear. Like, what? He heard me say that. And he helped me, he, he told me, like, look, Ben, everybody in the youth who's looking up to you just saw you do that. So he goes and gets the girl and gets the mom and pulls him back and says, hey, this is what he just said to you. He, I'm trying to raise him, to, you know, to be a man and to not be immature, and so he's going to apologize to you really quick, and it was totally embarrassing. But help me realize that, like, hey, like, my decisions don't just affect me. There are people watching, and I'm affecting other people. He showed me. I needed to start preparing myself today for God's blessings tomorrow. And because I did it, because I took these lessons, and they weren't always easy, but because I did it, I have a beautiful family. I have a wife and a son. I have a job that's making an impact in the kingdom. Man, I mean, like, come on. Like, if you make the decisions, if you start thinking about your future and start planning to it, boy, God's going to take you on an adventure. Get ready. And see, here's the great thing is none of those blessings would have came if I hadn't done those things, and here's the great thing about it. When I was in college is when I met my wife. When I was in college is where I met Pastor Jimmy. I was his waiter. What? I mean, come on, God. Like, when you start doing what you're supposed to do, I mean, God just works it all out. I wouldn't be here. This wouldn't be happening right now if I didn't make the decision that I made. So here's my question that I have for you guys, and uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap up with this, is uh, 
what is your bowl of soup? What is your bowl of soup? What is in your way of God's blessing right now? What is it in your life that is keeping you from tomorrow's blessings? Look, maybe, maybe you don't even realize that there was a man 2,000 years ago who saw your future blessing and what God wanted to do for you and believed in it so much that he died for it. Maybe for you, your bowl of soup is living a life without God and trying to do it on your own. Maybe today is the time that you take that bowl of soup and you trade that for eternity in heaven. Listen, if that's you today, there's nothing crazy that you have to do. You don't have to come down front. You don't have to raise your hand and do a dance, something like that. If it's time to trade that bowl, if it's time to go into eternity in heaven, I just want you to pray this simple prayer with me. We bow our heads really quick. God, thank you that you saw my future and that you loved me so much that you sent your son to die for me. God, thank you that I can lean on you, that I no longer have to do this on my own. But there's a father who, in heaven who loves me and has great blessings for me and all I have to do is accept it. So today, Lord, because you died for me for the rest of my life, I am going to live for you. I love you, Lord, and I accept what your son did for me. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. For more information about us, you can go to gracelife.me. That's gracelife.me. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash gracelifeme and on Twitter at gracelifechurch.com.